We're getting so good at this job that doesn't pay. <laughs> announcement that I need to make. Oh, one of our nearest and dearest readers, my special cousin Becky, got engaged. Congratulations, Becky. I have to Becky. give her a shout out. Congratulations, Becky. RIP your single life. RIP your single life, but you know what? Carrie's going to come. We're going to party. I can't wait to party with her. You're just so excited for the wedding. I'm just excited for her. I love her. <laughs> yeah, right. You're so excited for the wedding yeah selfish totally oh my god did i you know what i want to send you no this is old because you know how ai has gotten really good yeah well it used to be bad and funny like you used to be able to plug things into it and it would be like total absurdist it's getting, you're saying it's getting too smart well now it's like you can ask it like write um a legal argument. Well, chat and GP. it can. Oh, do did it. you see about this? Yes. Is, is that yeah. what you're up to say? No. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I don't care to talk about how intelligent it is. What I want to remember and honor is how fucking stupid it used to be. And what I want you to do Just is, like us. will you read the obituary that it generated for you? No, for a fake person named Brenda that they plugged in some facts for, and they were like, write this person an obituary, and this we, is old AI. We should have done ours. I wish we should do ours. Oh, okay. We should, but it's not going to be this good because but now AI be good. is good. But, but now, then it might be. But that might be good. Okay. Let's have a remembrance of when One, it was bad. The photo is so good. It's got like eyes in the wrong place. This is sad. So I'm going to drop in. Yeah. Brenda Tent retired from living at the age of old, surrounded by family and natural causes. <laughs> a librarian from birth, Brenda was an avid collector of dust. She had a sweetheart and married her high school. <laughs> she loved having hobbies and helping her sons to be disadvantaged youths. <laughs> she had no horses, but thought she did. <laughs> The church gave her a choir because she sang like bird and looked like bird and Brenda was a bird. She owed us so many poems. <laughs> the funeral will be held in 1977 at heaven. In lieu, of in lieu of flowers, send Brenda more life. Can I tell you that I, I was giggling that. at that? I loved um, Where did you see that, that she just is a bird. I loved um, that she collects dust. There were so many moments. This is truly your humor. So that is the it, most, it's, it's totally the my most humor. It's like a humor. deep thought by Jack Handy. In a obit. So I send it to, but I, you think it's my humor. I'm laughing at it. I, I totally gave it like an audible chuckle a couple times. And then I send it to Matt the other day. Matt like falls off the sofa and like rolls across the room laughing. And he's on the second sentence or something. Pure and then apart, he'd get, he'd, Pure Then apart. he'd go back to it and he'd, like he'd be like screaming. <laughs> Is Matt okay? I was so it was like you were like watching someone have a nervous breakdown. And you were like, right? I had to like check in after you, where I was have like, you experienced joy I recently? Yeah, it did feel like the darkest thing, how funny he thought it was. <laughs> where it was like he he was laughing like he was like <laughs> like like panic laughing, like sh shaking and like, and that, that point, like sweating. It's, listen, obviously I chuckled while I was reading it. I thought it was funny. That's about the chuckle you'd get from me if I was reading it. Can I say it makes me concerned how hard you laugh? You it made me concerned. Here's the question. Okay, honestly. 
Were you guys fighting before you sent that? And if so, was he trying to perform <gasps> that he was No, like, no, listening? he wasn't performing. He doesn't do that. Do you know what I mean? You that. know the question, though? Yes, and he doesn't do okay. that. I actually do think, though, that it, without performing at all and it all being coming from a realish place, it also did come from a place of, like, massive amounts of stress that were, like, heaped <laughs> inside his body needing to get released. And I was like, this is is wild to observe. Like, he was, like, on a fucking roller coaster. Um, The last time I was here, we talked about how we watched Pearl. The last mm-hmm. time I was here, we watched X. <gasps> you know what I watched the last night that was so great? I'm dying so to tell you great. the next movie. I'm Wes, please tell me. And I think you would really like it. The Thing. It's like a classic old Kurt Russell Carpenter movie. Oh, um, what do you mean Carpenter Carpenter, movie? what's a- his name? Carpenter that did, like, Halloween and stuff. Oh, fine. he's like John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Is that his name? I, I, if I think that's so. his name, I'm gonna be so proud of myself. John feels right, but he's done a bunch of stuff. But like, uh, this is like from the '80s and super classic, almost. Okay, is it what genre? Scary horror. It is, and it is the horror. So great. I think I'm not giving anything away by saying this, but if you're like, oh my god, I'm watching the thing tonight, and I don't want Quinn to say a damn thing, then skip ahead like but 30 you seconds. Said the thing so many times. Um, well, <laughs> you're right. I already said it. Um, <laughs> it is the premise is that there is some sort of alien creature, and they find it out in Antarctica. And what is so great about it is that it doesn't just operate on a horror level where you go. The special effects are sort of insane and very fun. They don't um they don't do that thing to me that horror movies do where I'm like upset by what I see or grossed out, even though the effects are over the top. Maybe that's just because of the times, because it's yeah. the 80s. Yeah. They more made me like stare wide-eyed with wonder at the effect and kind of smile. So it was it was that feeling. It's Did you why feel- I think you'd like it. But what I loved was it's a it's a creature, and again, skip forward if you don't want a spoiler. It's a creature that can uh, take in information and transform into what it is with alone. Like it can Fun. upload. It's a you. Demen- it's a it's a it's a um, it's a boggart. Yes. So like, but if it were alone <laughs> in a room with you, Carrie, it could eat you and consume you. No one would know because they'd come back and you would be there, but you would be it. So scary. So imagine you're in Antarctica and there's like eight men working together out there. And when they start to understand what this thing does, there's a vibe in the space of like, who's it? One of us, it, it like the odds say that at least one of us is actually it right now. Could be more than one what of us. What a fucked up game of tag. Yes. Pass. So what I loved about that though was I love a movie that operates on a psychological level as well. as It's just, not just like a boo scare or like this creature that – who has no emotional story that we care about. It's like these people having to suss each other out and act in all these good and bad ways based on fear. And I loved that about it. So I recommend it. That sounds like a, such a better movie than the movie I saw. Oh, what? I'm hoping you saw this movie because I need to talk to you about it. I saw Eyes Wide Shut. I saw it when it came out, so it's not fresh. And I don't recall You saw it in 1999? Sure. I was... 16. Quinn, that movie made me irate. Fucking pissed. All I remember is masks and sex parties. And masks that he like goes to try parties. to find the person that throws it. And it's like a weird it is, mystery. I wish, 
it's so funny. I wish I wish I could have watched it on. I wish I could have watched it publicly. I wish I could have like talked about it right away because I watched it with one other person. And um, I like you. Know, here's the thing that pisses me off about it. It's kind of like how I felt about fucking lamb. Frankly, it's like. It loves itself. It loves itself. And people love to love that movie in a way that I'm like, do you know why you love that movie? Are you saying you love I know it because everybody I would else? love it if I loved it. Why would you love it? Did, is because there a cat watch- here? That's a door. You're watching <laughs> it like a cat. You're watching a true marriage IRL fall apart, but it's immersive. But it's not. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're in the theater doing it. Here's Under the, the guise of here's a bad movie about it, this. It is. It was so, uh, again, so... Again, it's the movie, like, people, I guess, because it's Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick, mm-hmm. who is, like, just, like, not great to women. Can we just, like, call that what oh, it is? I'm on your team about Horrible that. to women. I mean, For like, shiz. what he did with Shelley Duvall, and I have not seen The Shining, but, like, he ruined her. You should her. see it. Well, I and mean, see it if to honor her, because she is She's really great. She's incredible. In well, she's incredible in it, from what I know, and I believe she was, but he also, the what he did to her is so cruel. and Was scare a performance this, out of her you, body. If you want to hear about it, it's episode... Insert number here. Yeah. Go watch it. Yeah. But I think what pissed me off about that movie is I, again, I've talked about this so many times. I famously have not seen any movies. Um, it's just a little thing about me and I'm working on it. You know, I'm actively working no, on it. No, we and all eyes, love it about you. You don't need to change. And Eyes Wide Show. Well, I like it because I'm like, okay, I didn't, I'm just see this movie that everybody tells me is like canon. Like Eyes Wide Shut feels like people love the movie. Really? I, I don't know anybody that loves that movie. That makes me feel better because I, well, In the thing fact, is, is I'm going to give everybody, how many, how many people have the watched business? Well, okay. So my issue with it, with it is like, it did this weird thing where all of the women were just like trying to fuck Tom Cruise this whole time. And his wife, the reason is like whole psychological thing happened is that Nicole Kidman, who was actually his wife at the time, which is another really fucked up thing. Mm-hmm. They were married. She gets high on weird pot and then she laughs, forgive the word, but hysterically. And then she starts telling him about how she imagined leaving him for a naval officer at a hotel. That's and always this- what I want to talk about when I'm high is something like dark and a, <laughs> so a dark weird. secret. And then, and then Tom Cruise essentially has like an existential crisis where every person he meets Wants to fuck him. And then what kills me is that my favorite cameo of the movie is Allison from Hocus Pocus. She's in the movie Mm -hmm. where you're like, that's what you did after that movie. And you thought you were going to be made in the shade. And that was the last we ever heard from her. (laughs) And then then he, everybody wants to bone him. And then they have like a whole scene of a sex party where all these women are masked and completely nude having a lot of sex, but you can't see their face. And I even said at the time, I was like, if I lived in LA at the time, I would tell people that I was a nice white shut. I would put it on my freaking resume so that people would be like, you did a Stanley Kubrick film, how cool. But the fact is like, I think they were criticizing the male gaze and how stupid it is and how like it serves no one. But mm-hmm. in doing so, they just were perpetuate. He was just perpetuating the male gaze. Mm-hmm. And all these women were just objectified. Like mm-hmm. truly they were women with no faces or just nude it was horrible. I had such a Very bad experience angry. watching that. It was, I spent $3 on it and I want it back. Uh, I get you're mad. not going to get it back, but I think you should write a letter. I think it'll make you feel better. To his estate. Do you want to know that um, I spent the night, I spent the weekend with the boys with two of my favorite 
uh, couples. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tom the best and Braden couples. and Spencer and Adam. Do you we love went being upstate. a fifth wheel? Yes. It is fun, isn't it? It's really rewarding. Like, I slept alone in a bed, which I don't often get to do. Mm. And I, no one cared what I was doing or where I was. As a mom, that has to feel really nice. Like, it was to just be like, like anonymous. I didn't have to, it was weird to like, we'd all be hanging out and I'd like have to poop, but I wouldn't have to tell anyone. Like, I would just leave. The, Did it take you a minute to be like, I have to poop? I don't have to. Poop. I would just like stand up and go into another room and no one would be like, where are you going? What are you doing? Like, and I wouldn't have to be like explain my intentions and when I'd be back. <laughs> it was great. It was And I Friday. think after this weekend of like. October 13th when we did that, though. And so to commemorate said holiday, Mm -hmm. we not only watched scary movies all weekend, but we decided that we should each write a list of our top three if we were going to recommend three scary movies to someone (gasps) or say the ones that like brought us joy, what would they be? Okay, I think I have that list. And I want to tell you that Tom's were The Shining, Cure, which is a Japanese scary movie, and It Follows. Braden's was The Shining, Psycho, and Suspiria, the original. Mine was The Shining, Rosemary's Baby, and Stepford Wives, the original. Adams were Poltergeist, Friday the 13th Part 2, and Evil Dead. And Spencer's was Scream, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, and It Follows. But the ones that were recurring, It Follows came up twice, and The Shining came up thrice. So I would say... You, Carrie, can glean from that that those two might be ones not to miss. Okay, here's mine. Mm. Barbarian. Mm-hmm. The Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. I'm, the I'm, others? I am your daughter. That's a good one. No uh, one mentioned it, but I was like, that one was really good. I really did like Pearl. I loved Pearl. I really loved, loved Pearl. But, but Barbarian is my favorite. Barbarian you know was great. what I would great. say, actually? I think I would say, oh, Jaws or the Birds. Right. Jaws. I don't think Jaws, Jaws like, belongs. I don't think it is. Jaws, Jaws is, is so like more thriller. Me. I know. You're so scared of sharks I that know. you get confused about Free where Willy. things belong. Free <laughs> um, Blackfish. Um. <laughs> Let's thank our some, some Patreonists. Before we say it, you're listening to Truly. Darkly. Creamly. I'm Quinlan Posner. And I'm Carrie Epema. And you're the person that always reminds us to do that. So thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Like, it's becoming almost like the tagline is not, you're listening to, the tagline is, but before Quinn moves us on, you're listening to, <laughs> like, it's like, that's become actually a piece of the tagline that you have to say every time. Oh, and um, I should say, because we always say it for the end, but let's try this time. Um, feel free to like, subscribe, leave a review, Don't join feel Patreon. free to do that. Feel pressured to do that. And okay. as a result of okay. that pressure, bow to the pressure and do it. Do it. Just do it. Just stop feeling like that tug where you're like, they keep asking me to do it and I will, but I I can't right now. Stop. What is so important? Quinn, you bad cop, I'm good cop. Hey. 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 No. Do it. Hey. Hey. I'm getting out the whip. By the way, Quinn, your hair looks great. I got a haircut. I got a haircut and the woman said, I don't think you should wait so long next time. Don't you hate when they read you and like that? And then I just looked at her in the mirror and I gave her the look like this. And she goes, oh, you have two boys, I understand. So she understood. <laughs> you have two boys, I understand. And then she told me to bring the boys in. And I was like, it'll be a cold day in hell when I pay to get those heads, a work of art upon them. I am 
the person that cuts my kids' hair, and I will be till till they feel like paying for haircuts. Frankly, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I like it. I do. You know, I will say Griffin is having some fun. I mean, Griffin's got great hair. You don't like the mullet? You think it's over? (laughs) You think the mullet's over already? Have you felt it? That's what makes me not cut it. It's the softest mullet you've ever felt. Quinn, I'm telling you right now, I had a mullet growing up. Mom, are you listening? I did. Own it. Admit it. I had a mullet. Because like it's when so soft. a kid's hair grows out, but it's he just has like it's not even the mullet. I don't think the mullet is as obvious to me. Just it's when crazy his head is turned. It just is like a weird try. It's like a weird yeah. <laughs> triangle at the bottom. Like yeah. the way that it's grown out is just like there's a point at his back, and I'm like, as maybe give him a little rat tail. Should we give him a little rat tail? Here's the thing: people <laughs> don't tell you when you have kids. The first time you really give them a proper haircut, it ages them a year. Like, just looking at your kid, they change from a baby to a kid when you do it. It really does that. And I didn't believe it till I did it with Koa. And then I was like, oh, my. Like, it gave me heart palpitations. So really? I'm not going to do it this time. And I told Matt, it's too emotional. I'm not going to do it. And he was like, okay, I'll do it. So it's up to him, you know, and he'll do it eventually. But I'm not going to be in charge of taking that baby look away and making a kid. He's not ready. He's He's a baby. He's going to be three soon, man. There's a baby. He's so cute. They're so, both the kids, they were really happy to see. No brags, guys. They were really happy to see me today. And it was really fun. Okay, first person. CJ. CJ, CJ, what does it stand for? CJ, CJ, you are such a... (laughs) (laughs) You are such a... Crazy juror. A crazy juror. does it stand for Christmas Japanese, maybe? It could be um, Carol Jordan. (laughs) It's definitely Chris Jenkins. (laughs) It could Could be Calamity Jane. Jane. Are you, you calamity, calamity Jane? It's a song. Yeah, that's fine. It was that's, sort of a song. I think it was a pitch. It was songish. Christina, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Didn't put a last name in for you, Christina. I must have thought you stand alone. <laughs> <laughs> Christina. Oh, she must have not put a last name when she signed up. I'm Christina. <laughs> you're a secret keeper and I like it. Are, Are you, you a, a se- beekeeper too? <gasps> biz, biz, buzz, 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 buzz. Oh, she stung me. Christina, Christina you're so silly. You got it. tricks up your sleeve. Christine, are you into what's the word for beekeeping? I can't think of the word, Christine. I think it's biology. It's not biology. It's something like a weird name. Christine, do you know the name? I'm going to think you don't because you would have included it because you would have known where we were going with this question for you. Christine, what is it called? Is it's it like a... Christina, you feel I need to correct you. You're saying Christine makes the song so bad. I'm not pointing fingers, but you're leaving off a letter. Christina, we love you. We Christina, hope you feel Christina, better. Because you Christina, deserve Christina. better. 
Lucy S. <laughs> the way the way you did that I felt it. Was, it was so weird. Was like it was like I was in a prison. You know what it was? It was you were DJing the bar mitzvah. That you were. I was like so tired, but being like here's Lucy F. Won the raffle. Oh my god! Oh, like I just didn't care anymore. I'm gonna try to make it up to you, Lucy. I'm so sorry. That's not the kind of energy I want to bring to your song. Lucy, f it, Lucy, f it. Let's f it. Let's f it together. That's not Lucy. Sexual. We're just teammates in this crazy game of life, crazy game of strife, crazy game of fucking bar mitzvahs. Bar mitzvahs too. Isn't it crazy for you? Lucy, Lucy. What's crazy, Lucy, 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 is that Quinn and I are dancing. You cannot see us ever, but we are shaking our hands in the air like it's a shake weight, but we're mimicking each other because we cannot stop it now because it's a bit. I wish this was up. It makes the song better. (laughs) Oh my God, this is creepy because it's not my sister, but this bitch's name is Madison P. Madison P, you're are not you a related bitch. to you're me? You're not a bitch. You're Madison not a bitch. P, are you related to me? Quinn. No, 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 you're not related, related to me. Quinn? No, 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 no. You are related to me. <laughs> what a surprise ending on that freaking song. Madison P, are you related to me? Probably not, but I like the idea. We are sisters. Quinn, you don't are not included in this. I left out. You're your own Madison P. Give me mine. Okay. You had your own. All right. That's fair. Um, folks, we're going to cut right to the chase. And Carrie's about to tell you a story all about. <laughs> Bryce Laspisa. I can't wait. Okay. I got this information. <laughs> it's off to a rollicking start. Hold on. Hold on, she needs more wine. This will fix it. This will get that little, little, little. You got to do a, a tongue exercise. Red leather, yellow leather, red, red wine, leather, white yellow. wine. That makes rosé wine. Drink your rosé wine. <laughs> I, have, I have wine. Are you good? I'm good for now. Look how much sugar is at the bottom of the glass. What is this? A fruit I had loop? sediment. I think sediment from the previous one. Fancy. It must be <laughs> organic or biodynamic. How drunk are you right now? <laughs> None of your business. Loose. Stop asking so many personal questions. We're here to be professionals. What? <laughs> <laughs> We're here to be professionals is what you do. Do you think people are going to be like, then we got to episode 143 and that was enough. Don't, just don't go past it. Just don't go past it. Like... <laughs> When What's they're funny is, wait, wait, it? they were initially hearing, remember when there was a time before you had Griff, mm-hmm. after Koa, we started this podcast. After you birthed Koa, you birthed this podcast. Yeah. I was a parent as well. And then, then we did a lot of episodes drunk. <gasps> Do you remember that? Oh there was God, a brief was time. Great. It was when we were in Maine. We were so drunk for every episode. <laughs> that was great. That was fun. That was smart. And you would have so much fun, and then we'd go to bed, and you'd be like, was I okay? (laughs) That's such a good impression of me. (laughs) Oh, God. Was I okay? Was Was I like me out there? Are we still friends? 
friends. <laughs> That's a really good impression of me, frankly. Yeah. I got this information from all that's interesting. A fair post, the crime wire. Okay, so I'm telling the story of Bryce Laspisa. He's born in 1994, just to like give you a vibe of like where we're at age-wise. Um, he's the only child to his parents, Michael and Karen. Um, and I'm not going to call her a Karen, like a Karen. That's actually her name. Her mm-hmm. name is Karen. Yeah. And what's interesting and what kind of connected me to this case was that he was born in Naperville, Illinois, which is, which is actually... Fuck. I can't talk. You got this. Thank you. You were going really fast. Was I? Well, I think that's why. Do you think no, people I'm, like me? I, they love it. They love it. They're dying to know what's next. Neighborville. <laughs> Have you heard of Neighborville? Cute name. No, I haven't. Yeah, Neighborville is like 15, 20 minutes from my house. Oh. Where I grew up. Um, so he was raised in Neighborville, Illinois, and very close to my house. And I was like, what's, what's this guy up to? Not a lot of great stuff. Bryce, just a little backstory, a little bit about him. He's growing up. He's like a really good kid. He's easygoing. He's a charming kid. He has no time getting friends. He has. (laughs) You're making me spit my wine. Stop. He has no time getting friends. <laughs> ay, ay, that's good. <laughs> oh God, damn it! <laughs> I've talked so much today. Is the thing? Come on, that was really good though. It was really good. You have no See, time getting friends. It gold. It's really sad. It's gonna be sad for Bryce. So we gotta okay. like, let's. Yeah, if you okay. have no time to get friends, he has no be. time to get friends because he has too many. He has too many friends. I actually meant to say that he has too many friends. He's, okay, he's a charming kid. He's a really nice guy. He's also a little bit of an artist, a little bit about his activities. He's an avid gamer. He loves his Xbox. Then he graduates high school in 2012, and his mom and dad are retired around that time, which I got to say, good for them. He graduates high school Way to they're plan retired. It. Way to plan it. Yeah. That feels like really good financial planning because I'm like, wait, okay. college? Like, I, you know, that's, that's wild. So yeah. mom and dad are going, you know what? Let's make a big change. And they're like, yeah. I'm done with this cold. I'm moving to California. Yeah. Which is a long, that's a very different vibe. I am from Illinois. I'm from this area. Moving to California is like no chill feet. This is, I grew up in Denver. My parents moved to Hawaii to retire. It's the same. It's wild. But it's um, like, get the fuck out of here. Like enough with these snowstorms. <laughs> enough. The parents moved to California and Bryce goes along with them. They're not California babies. They say goodbye to Illinois. Peace out. Sayonara. So Bryce, um, decides to he moves with his parents and then he's going to start school at Sierra College. Now Sierra College is about an 8-hour or 7-hour drive from his parents and he's intending to study graphic and um industrial design. Like I said, he was an artist. Mm-hmm. He likes he was good at art. Mm-hmm. Perfect little uh major for the guy. So his first year goes really well, you know, he's in a new state, things could go one way or another and it goes really well for him. He gets Great. good grades. He makes really good friends. And among them is his roommate, this kid, Sean Dixon, who they get along with really well. And then he also gets a girlfriend, a lady by the name of Kim Sly, mm-hmm. which a great name. Kim Sly, really, fabulous really good name. name. Um, and so he finishes his freshman year. It goes well. He goes home for the summer. 
And he's telling his family how excited he is to go back to his second year. Um, He's excited to see his friends, his girlfriend. And two weeks before classes start at Sierra, he goes back to school. And while he's there, they would have totally normal conversations where he'd call his mom. He'd be like, I'm so excited to start classes and I'm excited to see my friends. But like there were no... No like red flags, nothing to write home quite literally about. Everything was fine. However, closer to school starting and once school started, his friends started noticing just some like abnormal behavior from Bryce. And they thought something might be a little bit wrong or something is off. So his behavior changes a bit. He starts to withdraw socially and he is showing some signs that he is depressed When his girlfriend at the time goes to talk to him about it and go like, what's going on? You're acting a little bit weird. He admits to taking Vyvanse. Vyvanse. Do you know what Vyvanse is? No fucking idea. It's an amphetamine. Oh, I would love that. (laughs) Pass me the Vyvanse. Let's get this party started. So he tells his girlfriend that he's taking Vyvanse and Mm -hmm. it's an amphetamine and it's typically used to treat ADHD. Mm -hmm. Um, From what I understand about it, it's billed as a, quote, non-addictive form of Adderall. Mm-hmm. Um, because with Adderall, the it's an immediate release of Adderall is like four to six hours of effectiveness. And then Vyvanse is an extended release. So my assumption is it like goes slower and longer and it lasts about 12 hours. Both of the drugs have a similar side effect profile. Vyvanse is designed in a way that it has some sort of, like I said, it's like has a measure of protection against abusing the drug. However, like any drug abuse is still possible. So if you don't have ADHD and you take this drug, it can have some severe side effects like psychosis, depression, and mania. Long-term effects include addiction, heart problems, psychosis, paranoia, paranoia, and seizures. And of course, if you mix it with alcohol, that's not good. How Bryce tells his girlfriend, he's like, I'm using this drug because I actually want to stay up playing video games. Great. So he has a really good reason. But he does not have ADHD. He just wants to stay up and play video games. Right. She, at that point, she says she dismissed it. I think, and she has not said this, but my assumption is like, it's college. People are doing idiot things People are doing idiot things all the time. He's like 18, 19 years old. It's like. Okay, whatever. He's being weird, but maybe that she can chalk that up to it. Totally. So his best friend, Sean Dixon, his roommate at the time, he again notices a lot of Bryce's behavior is changing. And he sees that Bryce is drinking a lot, like every day. He drinks like two-fifths in a single weekend. The fuck's two-fifths? Like, you're just going to tell me a fraction? Well, okay, two-fifths, like two separate, like a fifth of alcohol is like a bottle of... Oh, Alcohol. Okay. Like, you know what a fifth is? No, I don't fucking know. I know what a 40 is. What's a fucking fifth? Fifth of a... What is you it? and I just drank three halves. <laughs> <laughs> so, I doesn't sound that bad. I think I drank one... I think I drank three quarters. Because I, did we go through two bottles of wine? Yes. Wait, before this? No. Oh. Oh, we're fine. And we shared the first one with Matt. Exactly. Come to me when I have a problem. Uh, well, if you're telling me three fifths is a problem, you have one. I'm very confused about of, this of fraction hard system. liquor. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, like, think of like a handle is a big guy, right? Okay. A handle of vodka. Imagine just like a little like big bottle of vodka. Three of those. Two of those in a weekend. 
Oh, not gross. a handle, but like probably like this much. Okay, a wine glass of vodka. It's giving me anxiety. I got a drink. Okay, <laughs> but two a weekend? Mm-hmm. That's a lot. No, you're right. That that is a lot. I rest my case. He's also taking Vyvanse. So again, this can attribute to some of his like behavioral changes, but like totally. But they're they're getting a little freaked out. So fall semester is underway. It's the first two weeks of the semester, and Bryce's behavior is getting even more and more concerning. I'm gonna start August 27th because it's gonna, this is where it sort of picks up, and this is the the um this is a couple of days before the event that I'm going to end with. On August 27th, he breaks up with Kim, his girlfriend, via text message, which is very out of character for him. Okay. He really likes Kim. Um, but in the text, he writes that he's breaking up with her and he says that she'd be better off without him. Okay. That same day, he also texts his friend Sean a very heartfelt message, which let's be honest, he's an 18, 19 year old kid. That is unusual where he writes, I love you, bro. Seriously. You're the best person I've ever met. You saved my soul. Whoa. This feels very like he's like, goodbye which is scary which is very scary and to make matters worse i told you that he was an avid gamer he loved his xbox he gives sean his xbox what and he also gives him a pair of diamond earrings his mom gave him what the fuck and sean's not like what the fuck sean's like what the fuck but he's i mean i think these kids are in college they don't know what to do these kids his sean and kim are are stars in my mind because they're really good friends and now ex-girlfriends where they're concerned and they are doing something. Because August 28th, the next day, Sean calls Bryce's mom. Mm -hmm. He calls Karen and he goes, hey. How much would you pay for these earrings? (laughs) Oh, no. Go ahead. What does he say? She's like, I got them on sale. (laughs) Um, But he calls Karen and he tells her that he's really worried about about Bryce. Yeah. Which again, like I think a lot of kids, like I think that to me. That's scary to do as a kid. That's Calling really the parents sc- is like a big thing. And like he met this kid a year ago and he has Karen's number and the fact that he calls her and is voicing concern after this no, like this really scary No, this is a big pat erratic, on the back. This is a pat on the back. But I think this goes to show you like the friends he keeps, the people around him and the concern that they have for him and that they do love him. Mm-hmm. Then Bryce goes over to Kim's house, his now ex-girlfriend. And while he's there at the house, Kim is like, you're acting super weird. I don't know what's going on with you. And she actually takes the keys to his car and is like, I don't think you're in any condition to drive. Good for her. Everyone's making good choices. Really good this choices. It's so nice to hear. It's really nice to hear. And at this point, I don't know if Kim called Karen or Bryce called Karen, but mm-hmm. we do know that Karen gets a call and speaks to both of them from Kim's house. So he tells his mom, he goes, you know, Kim took my keys because she's angry I broke up with her. Mm. And Kim is like, no, I took his keys because I'm really worried about him. Yeah. But- Karen talks to Bryce and is like, listen, if you get the keys back, will you come home? And Bryce is like, yes. And so Karen talks to Kim and convinces her to give Bryce his keys back. Mm -hmm. She's talked to her son. He's going to come home. And she actually goes, Bryce, I'm actually going to fly there. So go home and go to bed. I'm going to fly there tomorrow. I'm going to be there. Okay. And Bryce goes, listen, do not, do not come until I talk to you the next day. I have a lot to talk to you about. And then he hangs up and he leaves Kim's apartment at 1130 that evening. So that's on August 28th. Two hours later at 1 a.m. on August 29th, Bryce calls his mom, Karen, again. She assumes in this conversation that he's calling her from his apartment 
but phone records would later show that he was about an hour south of Sierra College, okay. which is not near his house. Okay. But it is theoretically on the way back to his parents' house in Orange mm-hmm. County. She assumes she's hiding from his apartment. She's going to call him the next morning and she's going to get this sorted out, you know? Mm-hmm. But at 11 o'clock in the morning, she gets a call from their insurance company that their roadside assistance service was used on their car. And at noon, he doesn't show up. He said he was on his way to their house. He's not there. So Karen's like, I just need to know where my son is. So she calls the insurance company. The insurance company is like, he called for assistance from us. We contacted a local shop. Yeah. Here's the person we talked to. They connect her to him. So she's talking to this guy, Christian. Christian is in this town that's four hours away from Sierra College. And he says that at nine o'clock that morning, he delivered three gallons of gas to Bryce because he ran out of gas on the road. He's talking to the parents. He sees they're concerned. He's a really good guy. And he goes, do you want me to go back and check the area where I left him at nine o'clock in the morning? And it's like noon this time. And they're like, yeah, if you don't mind, can you please go back? So he drives his car Mm -hmm. back to where he dropped or where he last saw Bryce. And when he goes back, Bryce is still there in the car. Mm. So he's like, Bryce, listen, your parents are really worried about you. Then he calls Karen and Michael and he gives them the exact location. And he talks to Bryce and Bryce is agreeing that he's like, I have three hours to drive home to my parents' house in Orange County and I'm going to do it. So Christian, the guy is standing there and he sees Bryce leave with the car and he tells Karen and Michael, he just left. He's on his way home. So theoretically, he should be home in about three hours. But three hours come and go and he is not home. So his parents file a missing persons report at like six o'clock PM. They reluctantly file this. They don't want to file this, but they're like, listen, like we just need to follow our son. We just need to know where he is. Mm -hmm. And so with this missing persons report, they're able to track his phone. So two officers end up locating him just a few miles from where Christian, this guy saw him leave, like about eight miles away. Didn't make any progress. Didn't make like over the next three hours, went eight miles and just stopped. Officers pull him over. They talk to him. He is lucid. He is fine. He's friendly. There's no signs of him being under the influence of drugs. There's no alcohol or drugs found in his car. The police also say, hey, Bryce, your parents are really worried about you. They have the parents on the phone. He like hesitates to talk to his parents. He's just sitting in his car. Mm -hmm. Okay. But he finally talks to his parents. His mom's like, do you need me to come out and get you? His mom is like, please come home. Why have you been sitting in your car this many hours? And I think as a parent, you're like, I thought he was coming home. I mean, again, all of this stuff is so out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. There's no reason. They were going to fly there. He's like, I'll actually drive home. None of this stuff is adding up necessarily. His mom is going, you need to come home. And at this point, the parents, they're trusting this guy, Christian, the owner of the shop. And so they have him basically on speed dial. They call him and like, can you just see where he is. He goes to the area eight miles away from where he last checked on him. And he's able to confirm he sees Bryce get back on I-5 and head south. So mm-hmm. he tells his he tells his parents, hey, I saw him leave again. He's on the he's on the interstate. He's going down. So mm-hmm. it is August 30th at two o'clock in the morning. This takes the whole day. Mm-hmm. At two o'clock in the morning he calls his mom again and he goes, Mom, I'm tired. I need to rest before I make my way down. Now, again, this has been hours that he's made very little progress. He says he's going to pull off the Interstate 5 near the Sierra Polona Mountains 
He's like, I'm too tired to drive. His mom says, okay, if you're too tired, if you're too tired, I don't want you driving. Pull off to the side of the road, get a little sleep. I'll see you in the morning. The next morning arrives. He is not there. Six hours after this call at eight o'clock in the morning, the doorbell rings and it's the California highway patrol officer. And they say they found his car without him in it. They found his car near Castaic Lake and the car is abandoned. The rear window is shattered. In the car, they find his phone, his laptop and wallet. They have footage of this area and they see after he called his mom at two o'clock in the morning to say, I'm tired, I'm pulling off the interstate. Instead of pulling off for a nap, he accesses, he goes to an access road. So he's, this car is found by the lake with no signs of Bryce anywhere. Mm-hmm. Of course, a, a search for him ensues. They have divers that go into a lake. They're, they're going through the whole lake. They don't find anything. They have police dogs track his scent. They track it to a bridge that leads to a nearby truck stop. But at that point, the trail goes completely cold. A year later, there is charred remains found near the lake. They test them. It's not they him. do not belong to Bryce. Yeah. Four years later, they find a skull um, near a nearby highway. They test that. It is not, not Bryce. There are some reports over the years, like, could this be him? But all of it mm-hmm. leads to absolutely nothing. It's all a dead end. Because there is no body, they cannot close the case. Yeah. They have no idea where he went. He just disappeared. There are obviously multiple theories, one mm-hmm. of which is that he left behind his phone and wallet and just wanted to abandon his life and start a new one under a new name. Live Doesn't off the grid. Like he was like planning things. I mean, the thing that is the most alarming was like, I mean, there's a lot of alarming things about this story, but giving away his Xbox and these presents is like such a sign of someone who has given up and, you know, has. Yeah, it feels like there was like a suicidal mission mm-hmm. at stake here. Um, and then he like can't totally make it home because he's like, I am not going to go home. And he like the 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 dance for lack of a better word of his mom going, I'm going to come to you. And he goes, no, I'll go to you. But like dragging his feet. But being like, way. I'm on the way. I'm on, I'm the, on way. the way. I'm on the way. People theorize that he could have had a psychotic break from the Vivance and alcohol combination. I mean, I imagine if he was using it to stay up and not sleep, I think like we do know that lack of sleep causes psychosis that I'm sure is exacerbated by alcohol. You know, I can't imagine that. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have some contributing co- contribution to what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he could have died on August 30th. You know, the last time he called his mom was two o'clock in the morning. I don't think he vanished and went somewhere. <laughs> it I doesn't sound so like either. somebody that was like, I want a new life and I've got the wherewithal no, to I mean, start No, I mean, he had one. like a parent, he had parents loved him. He had friends who he loved, but like the cryptic texts he was sending his friend, like, I love you, mm-hmm. you saved my soul. And even him breaking up with Kim, being like, you deserve better. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. His remains have never been found. I mean, like, he could have died there. But again, they, like, went through the whole lake. Yeah. His mom says, I'll never give up hope. But it's really difficult. It's gut-wrenching every day, not knowing. It's a living nightmare. There have been no further reports or evidence 
Um, his parents still issue missing persons posters and they still have hope. But if you're in crisis or need to talk to someone, um, you should text HOME to 741-741 and you'll reach a volunteer crisis counselor. So I just wanted to include that as well. Um, but that's the story of Bryce Laspisa, who was like, he sounds like he got into some stuff and you know, I think his parents hope, you know, obviously they there's a lot of hope that he's still around and, but it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Yeah. But that's the story. Carrie. Quinn. I'm going to tell you the story of the Rangerettes. And although I did read. The Rangerettes. Yes. Let's go to Texas. Although I did read the Kilgoran News Herald and the Marshall News Messenger. The truth is all information essentially comes from. A Texas Monthly article by the great Katie Vine. Skip Hollinsworth? No, Katie Vine. She fucking slays. Um, (laughs) So, the Rangerettes are a dance troupe. They're old school. They got started in the 19 motherfucking 40s. And here's what you need to know. I would love to see what they're wearing. Okay, if you're picturing like cheerleader look vibes, sure, which is to say like cute, like white cowboy hat with boots and a skirt and a lala but like they don't cheer they don't cheer no. at all it's not they're a dance and it's not meant to be sexy it's more in the vein of old school hollywood glamour it's a little like buzzy rock cats or something yeah it's like we're gonna do everything and we're an enormous troop of like 70 plus gals and we're gonna be doing the same moves at the same time in a way that's gonna leave you like cross-eyed because we're all so such accomplished dancers, and there's a precision that is absolutely. Which came first, the Rangerettes or the Rockettes? Oh, excellent I wonder. Question. I wonder if one informed the other. No, I don't know. The founder's name was Gussie Nail Davis. We love the name, <laughs> love it, and she has that vibe of. I I could like picture her in the movie. It's she like Who loves the her? girls, Who but her? also it's like. They're all afraid of her. Donna Murphy. And everything has to be perfect. Donna Murphy. Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't that totally. who you're picturing? Totally. She, yeah. You know what uh, she used to say to them? Hmm. Beauty knows no pain. That was my stomach. <laughs> you and were afraid. I felt it. I felt nothing knows tastes no as pain. good as skinny feels. Don't say that. It's the same neighborhood as beauty knows no pain. I don't like any of those statements. It's a Venn diagram and they overlap completely. I mean, I do believe in that like sometimes pain is a part of life. Yes, beauty knows no pain is basically saying like, put on that fucking heel because if you look gorgeous, I don't care if your feet are bleeding. It's like she wants the girls to go out there and look perfect. Yes, it's very of the ballet family. So all I'm trying to say is it is that same thing. It's a looks above all else and like presentation above all else. I don't mean to malign our Southern family who listen to this podcast are from the South, but that feels very Southern to me. Oh, totally. And very like dance moms. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they all the gals live together too in like this million dollar mansion where there's swag everywhere that says Rangerettes on it. And like, yeah. God, the so, reality TV shows it's are a cult. writing themselves. It's a cult. Well, Dana Blair was a uh, Rangerette when she was younger. And then she became house mom. Yes, essentially. Gotcha. Her, she has only one kid, her daughter, Alexa, who's 19, who followed in her mom's footsteps. And like Dana's history is that like she started dancing in 82. 
Five years later, she was like slain. She becomes the choreographer. Six years after that, she becomes the director. So this is a big deal to her. And now her daughter, who has worked insanely hard, mm-hmm. has become a rangerette. She trained since she was 15 to uh, audition and stuff to become a part of it. She was training all through high school. And it was that kind of thing where after yeah. high school, you're like, this is what I'm – this Dance is my moms. path. This is what I want to do. And she worked her ass off to do it. And they perform at the Cotton Bowl in Arlington. And it's a big fucking deal. Like I said – it is serious as fuck. They are not allowed to talk during their practices except to be like, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, very intense. And they will – I was reading about the practices in this article, and it says they would sometimes do as many as 700 high kicks in one practice, which made my ham hammies hurt. Um, <laughs> but – it's also it's Texas and they're practicing outside a lot of the time. So just picture like you're covered Ooh. in sweat and it's like dance, dance. I mean, yeah. I just it's got to be so intense. So in this same neighborhood that Dana and her daughter live in, live a couple named Kyle and Nancy Motes. They're pretty quiet. Um, Kyle has a construction company. Nancy's a stay at home. They have a daughter too that's around the same age named Kylie Motes. Uh, she goes to Kilgore High School and she's in a dance troupe too, but it's not the same one. She's not a rangerette. She's in the high steppers and she does high steppers freshman, sophomore, and junior year. And people love Kylie across the board. They're like, she's a sweetheart. And Nancy is totally fits in the profile of a dance mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes to High Steppers. She volunteers. And there was like a great anecdote that I was very visual about. She one time was like, I'll volunteer to take the coolers to practice or away from practice or whatever it was. She had to load these coolers into her van. And they weren't folding. Like the handles weren't folding how she pictured. Mm-hmm. And a parent saw her like having kind of a like psychotic like try to fold the handle and be like oh like crazy rage like throw them in the back of the van like a really crazy per- like wait what year are we in right now um we're in the 2000 this is helpful because i was picturing the 1940s right now oh really because that's oh, when you said they- you started oh no i was more saying they're like ancient but this is like to the okay all right i feel no this is like 2013 14s 15s all right, I'm in. It's like, it's, Thank you. It's the, Thank these you. girls' helpful. high school years is like they are like right. freshmen in 2000. That I have less sympathy for something. them because I know they're like that. It's a different vibe than if I was like their 40s and like this is their pathway to success. No, they have lots of pathways, but this right. is what's happening for them. There is a boy named Patrick Shore. Patrick Shore dates Kylie. Okay. There's a rumor that what ends up happening is nervous. Well, okay, here's how these moms connect. Dana Mm -hmm. tells Teresa Shore, hey, just so you know, Kylie had a boyfriend before Patrick that her mom, Nancy, told was pregnant. She wasn't. Wait a minute. I need you to say that again. That's so many people. Okay. Dana, the rangerette mom, tells Patrick Shore's mom, who just started dating Kylie, Hey, be careful. The girl who your son's dating was pregnant. Her mom is a little woo-woo. Like the mom told him that the daughter was pregnant to keep him with the daughter. Like the mom. Not Kylie didn't make up a pregnancy. 
the mom, mom Nancy did. did. Like the mom, I'm saying she's not just a dance mom. She's like a social she's mom like in that way where she's like, mom. don't break up with my daughter because um, maybe she's pregnant. And uh, and then she drove to this boyfriend's house and tried to like block his car from leaving the driveway. Just like things that she's overextending in this social way. I want to get this overextending. That's like well, so insane. So, but if you meet somebody, it's that thing of like, look, I'm sure your son's perfectly nice. I'm sure Kyle. Kylie's perfectly nice. All I know is that I've heard Kylie's mom's is crazy. And the crazy is like, she'll go nuts on your kid. So just be careful. She's a butter in her. So she's a what? A butter butter in her. So they do end up breaking up. (laughs) I thought it was like a butter face. It's not because of, I'm sure it's not because of this. They do not stay together. Side note. Um, Yeah, they're teenagers. That'll come back later, but like they don't stay together. We're in 2015. Kylie does not, for the first time in her high school career, make the high steppers team. <gasps> yes. Poor Kylie. And to the person that does the hiring, okay, so there's like the main woman that runs it. She knows how fraught the competition is to a level where she brings in outside judges. She doesn't even judge it, where she's like, Yeah, she's like, because I can stay like, out of the fray. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. A, not even the fray. She's also like, she probably doesn't want parents like giving her flowers and being weirdos to her all year and like totally. trying to. I think it's that's like, saying about the front. Yeah, you're you like, don't like, even know who's gonna. The, yeah. It's anonymous almost. Kylie doesn't make it, and she even when she finds out is like devastated. Kylie loved this. Like even as the team coach or whatever, she writes Kylie and is like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. You're so amazing. Like whatever." Writes her like a nice letter. Kylie doesn't write back, but then Nancy and Kylie come out and they're like, "We're actually contesting." the scores, which has never, ever been done. And it seems crazy embarrassing because they have to go to the high school board and be like, like make accusations where they're like, something's fishy going on here. Maybe this woman was colluding with, I mean, it's, it's very, I, I feel bad because I feel like I don't know this family, but it strikes me as Nancy's running the charge and I feel so bad for her daughter. Yeah. Well, because at that point it's like, you're 50, like you don't have... Kylie, well, she's a high schooler, but it's like to be like, you have to let me into the club is not a great place to be coming from in life. And like they accuse her that Kylie was too tall and that they wanted a uniform height on the team. And they listen to this case that they bring forward and they dismiss it. And they're like, no. But then there's a board meeting that they bring it to after that. Like, they won't drop it. And at the board meeting, people hear it and they're like, okay, let's reinstate Kylie. They vote it, which again, that can't be what you want. It can't. To fight your way into any relationship or – I mean, so the head of the team, this woman, she's kind of pissed that this is how it went because this is absurd. Yeah. So she says, okay, it's fine with me, but if we're going to do it this way, it can't be – I think for her, she didn't say this. I'm putting words in her mouth. It has to but be it, fair for everyone. So what does she do? She takes every girl that got rejected that year and says then they get to be part of the team. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be I think that's actually – That feels, that feels right. Like, why was the reason you were rejected not fair, but the reason she was rejected was? So it's let's bring everybody in. But again, now the team is huge and now the team is like – I think the girls that all got into this special thing. Do you think it was her thing, also wake, raising a little stink and it was like, all right, 
You want to put up a fight? Okay, let's see how manageable this will be. Well, guess what? She like implodes a little bit. In the sense that all the girls pick on Kylie. She's obviously, they can't pick on Nancy. She's not at the practices. So Kylie's so picked on and bullied and devastated by this that she leaves her high school entirely. So not only does she not do high steppers, she just goes to a different fucking high school. Which is crazy because it's right before college. I don't know. It's it's. I feel like that's really sad. If her mom had not, and I'm making this up, I don't know. But I strikes me as her mom was putting pressure and being like, "You're oh, let's go in there and give them up." You know. Well, I think any parent would. Well, any. I mean, okay. If it was Kylie who was leading the charge, her mom was raising a lot of stink. Where her mom is co-signing, so at the very at the very least. It's just like there, there's not a lot of grown-up Sure, and there, I don't know acting. these people, but I know what the article describes in terms of personality, mm-hmm. and there's no way that Kylie was the one doing it if if she was quiet and sweet and everybody, you know, oh, it doesn't so sound like her. her. So to like lose, because like to lose, like, I mean, we've all not gotten auditions. We're actors. Like, you know, I mean, there's been like moments where like, but I remember that feeling in like junior high and high school of not getting the thing you wanted and how devastating and how it feels so permanent and so big i know and then to have like a a five-year-old we're like it's not fair it's not gonna solve it yeah okay let's do this december day this december day in 2016 and nancy motes kylie's mom is out doing errands and who does she see drive by patrick short drives by the house and she's like there's my little girl's axe and she's like you know what I don't like the look of him. So what? here's the story. What? Tell me he's not. Uh, oh, Patrick God. Shore had told Kylie when they, not when they broke up, but at some point he had said to her, I heard from my mom that my mom heard from Dana that your mom's kind of crazy. Like she did all this crazy shit. Mm-hmm. So all you need to know is everything I told you about that rumor mill is somewhere in Nancy's head. So. When they break up, there is a part of Nancy that is like, who can I blame? Is Dana someone I can blame? I've never met her. But fuck Patrick, and now he's dating this other girl, Brianna Duffield, I think. And here's what I'm going to do to fix this. I'm going to go get pictures of Patrick meeting his girlfriend, Brianna, and I'm going to give them to my daughter to be like, see, do you see how fast he moved on? Do you get why you shouldn't be sad? He's not worth it, which is a really crazy thing to do on so many levels. And why would anyone think that taking pictures of your ex with a new person and showing them to you was like a healing positive thing for you? But oh because she God. took the breakup hard, the mom's like, I'll follow him. I'll get she pictures like the first of him. little heartbreak. Like that is a part of life. Mm-hmm. Like that is – she's a snowplow parent. Have you heard about a snowplow yes. parent? Like she is yes. someone who's like – Removing all obstacles, and it feels like her daughter's not even asking for that. Yeah, exactly. And also, get a job or something. What the fuck are you doing tailing a teenager? A so teenage which, boy. She does start to tail him. More notoriously just shitheads. This is crazier because, like, at one point she's tailing him, and she's like, I have a wig in the car. Why? Not explained. Puts on the wig. <laughs> um, and she's like, now I'm in a disguise. I'm undercover. And then she's like, ah, forget him. 
I'm going to go find Brianna. I'm going to go find Brianna Duffield because he's going to meet her, I bet, later today. And I need to get the skinny on whether they're together and like get the pictures. Okay, okay. How am I going to get her? How am I going to get her? Oh, oh my God. I hope and I'm she's never like, this interested in a teenager's looking life. Looking at Brianna's Facebook them. page. Jesus Christ. She's looking at Brianna's Facebook page. And then she's like, oh, my God. Brianna is friends with Alexa. The Rangerette. The Rangerette and Dana's daughter. Dana, yeah. who she, in the back of her mind, knows she hates because Dana fucked with this relationship. So now she's like, okay, clear path to what I should definitely do. I'm right outside their house. I'm really close to where Dana and Alexa live. I know that they're friends. I know that they were both on the drill team at Longview High School. What I need to find out from Alexa is where I can find Brianna. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. So she parks behind a building right next to Dana and Alexa's house. She is wearing this wig. She has a gun and tape. Because we're in Texas, baby. She has a gun and tape because. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. She also has a giant snowman card, which she brings. And she, I mean, hard to understand the train of thought in general. The husband's out running errands and she goes to the door and knocks. When Dana opens the door, she has the card in front of her face and a wig on. So it's like this, like, who am I? But then she's like, is Alexa home? And Dana's like, oh, I I guess, like, come on in. And, like, goes to get Alexa. And Alexa comes out of her room. And now Dana and Alexa and Nancy are all together. And Nancy pulls out the gun. And she says, give me your phones. And they do. And Nancy's like, okay, Alexa, tape up your mom's hands behind her. She does. And then she's like, now I'm going to tape your hands. And she does. So now they both don't have a phone and they're both taped up. And she turns to them and she's like, you don't know who I am, do you? And they're like, we don't. You're wearing a wig. And she goes, well, you'll know what this is about very soon. We're going to go somewhere. We're going to go somewhere in Alexa's car. Oh, my God. And Alexa's like... Okay, I don't have any shoes on. Can I go to my room and get shoes? And she's like, yes. Alexa goes to her room and gets shoes. And she's like, tell, orders Dana to kneel by the door. And Alexa is looking in her room like, what, what, what do I do? Like, can you imagine where no. your mind is just like reeling? No. But you're like, my mom's out there with this. What's going on? But what do I do? My do you hands- have an email? Is there a computer where you can just email help? But like her, t- yeah, her hands are taped behind her back. Like, imagine how hard that would be, even. Oh, right, yeah. So it's she's like doesn't know what to do, and she's in there long enough that Nancy's like, mm, "I'm gonna go check on her." Leaves Dana by the front door, kneeling, and Dana's hands are not taped that well. As as soon as Nancy goes back. Dana gets her hands out and fucking runs for it out the door for help and just starts screaming home invasion. Like hits the lawn and is like home invasion, home, which is not, would not be like my choice of words. Would you even think of like to yell home invasion? I don't know what I yell, but I, I was like, know. that's I would an alcohol. Scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would scream help. So Nancy then brings a less out and is like, your mom ran. That was really stupid. Why'd she do that? And it's like, she's just on another planet. 
Dana, meanwhile, is running up the block to neighbors' homes and sees one of her neighbors backing out of their driveway and grabs them and is like, here's the situation. Somebody crazy just broke into my house. Alexa's there. Help, help, help. And they're like, yeah, of course. The The husband gets out and goes with her back to the house. They all got a gun. Well, probably it's Texas. Exactly. Goes back to the house with her. The wife, meanwhile, is still in the car and sees two people going behind the building next door. She goes and follows. And by the time she realizes it's Alexa and Nancy, she, like, can't do anything but chase them, like, give chase. So Alexa and Nancy have gotten into Alexa's car or Nancy's car and started to drive. It's Nancy's car. She tails them, this neighbor. It's a high-speed chase. She's on the phone with 911 during the chase being like, this is the plate. This is the situation. They're going 80 miles an hour. Nancy runs a red light. She doesn't. She loses her. Kylie's in the car with this woman. Oh, my God. Not Kylie. Alexa. I'm sorry. You're right. Alexa's in the car with this woman. Oh, my God. Nancy gets a call from her husband, Kyle, and he's like, are you like, what's going on with dinner? And she's like, I'll be home soon. And Alexa's like, what the fuck? Then she's like, call your house. Oh my God, see I if could there's- you imagine her mom who like left her daughter there know, and is I like, know, what do I do? I know. I know. She's like, call the cop, call your house and see if the cops are there. So Alexa calls. Her mom picks up and she's like on speakerphone and her mom's like, She's like, mom, did you call the cops? This woman wants to know, did you call the cops? And she's like, no. Meanwhile, yes, she did. And cops are there. Yeah. In a panic, the mom is Nancy. uh, The mom, Dana, is trying to put the phone on speaker so the cops can hear. Mm -hmm. And she hangs up on her daughter. (sighs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Technology is so hard for parents I know. It was like such an old people LOL moment, except not LOL. Such an LOL. Honestly, LOL. Honestly, old people, LOL. So Nancy keeps driving. She's looking all around. Are people following her? She then like has the wherewithal to start thinking of things as evidence. She throws the phones out the window. She throws her gloves out, her wig out. And then she just starts like being nasty to this poor little girl. I mean, she's 19. She's a little girl. She says to her, like, are you, you think you're perfect because you're a rangerette? She says, how are you so calm? Is it because of your rangerette training? Do you have a boyfriend? Who's your best friend? Is Brianna Duffield your friend? Like, it just like she doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't know why she has this little girl in the car. Totally. She has, like, misplaced anger, rage, and resentment and has no idea who to direct it toward. She drives to a storage facility that she owns out, like, on the outskirts of town, and she starts to look for her gun and can't find it. She cannot find the gun at all. She's like, whatever, get in, pushes Alexa into the storage unit. And Alexa, pleading with her, is essentially saying things like, nothing's happened yet. You haven't done anything wrong. Kind of being like, let me leave and it's all going to be okay. Like, you have a chance to still make an okay decision. Now, she tapes Alexa Uh, her lower legs, and says to her, but you've seen my face, and I'm not going to jail. 
girl, everyone saw your face. What the fuck are you talking about? And then she has her on the ground with her hands behind her back and her legs taped and she gets on top of her chest and she starts choking her. And she chokes her so hard. Alexa feels something crack in her neck and passes out. I'm just so relieved because we know some of the stories. So I know she's going to be okay. Totally. She's going to be okay. She knows she's going to be okay. Totally. She doesn't know how long she's unconscious. And then she wakes up and she thinks like, pretend to be dead, pretend to be dead. But right away, like Nancy's onto it and is like, oh, you still breathing? Like the weirdest thing though is that she doesn't react in this. Like you, this is why I'm just, I'm, you cannot get into this woman's head. She doesn't then kill her or go back to fight her more. She's just like, well, like, make sure the tape's secure on her face and then leaves. Just leaves her there. Goes home to have dinner. Alexa is fucking strong as fuck because she's a ranger rat, baby. So she can rip that tape Get from it, her legs. She Get rips it. it off her legs. And she gets her ass out of that storage unit, lickety split, and scales a couple fences and is in a neighborhood finally, runs to a house, sees somebody's home. And she's like, this is the scenario. And they're like, sounds pretty crazy. But then again, aren't you? Like, they kind of line it up and they're like, they believe her. They call 911. Right away, they get her help. Right away, she is reunited with her parents. And right away, she's trying to explain this is the situation. How can she speak? I'm so wondering how. Her- I mean, pot blood vessels in her eyes, bruises all over her neck. She doesn't, you know, look or feel great. Um, they go to Nancy's house and Nancy's like, what? Who? Never heard of them. Totally denies it. And she's like, I don't even know who they are. Why would I do something to somebody I don't even know? She maintains her innocence for as long as it takes to go to trial, which is two years. Two years, she's just living in the same neighborhood as them. Isn't that wild? Oh, my God. She doesn't go to trial till 2019. And then there's so much evidence she has to plead guilty. And she gets sentenced to five years in state prison. That's and, it? Yeah. Because you know why? She's not. Oh, but that's someone They who's never well. could find any evidence of that gun. She really legit did lose the gun. Like, they couldn't find the gun. So- but she did say she had the gun at one point, like even in the trial. So it's it's complicated. But they sue – the Blair family sues Nancy's family for $700,000 in damages. And in the civil trial, we learn a lot more about what happened. And Nancy is like, oh, well, I was really upset. And they were innocent bystanders. Like innocent bystanders. Yeah, not bystanders. <laughs> no Who are you, me? There. Who am I, you? <laughs> Um, wait, that is so insane. She's like, I've why just didn't been, she plead by she's insanity? Like, she could have like, I, I mean, know, that is she's, like, such like a, it's so she's so not aware. She's of just like, I was so mad. I was just so mad about oh all my this God. stuff that happened with my daughter. I was just so sick of it. And like, I know this was hard for them, but it was really hard for me when my daughter got bullied. I think it was kind of the same. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You think it was the same when this woman thought like her daughter was dead and like you took her and you kidnapped her and she's like I'm not saying it's the same I'm just saying I, I know how she feels and they're like well but do you like even in court everyone was like fuck this woman and it was so gross because the defense tries to use against the family that they went and Alexa performed like the next day or the next they like drove to a big performance the next day and they were like yeah you weren't damaged by this because you went and performed 
which is so the culture of the Rangerettes, which is why I wanted to explain it. Is it well, was no, just but like, also like, come on, that you don't know that she's allowed. She to- was abducted at gunpoint. Yeah. She has bruises. Oh, my God. Oh, and poor thing. Nancy's so off her fucking rocker that when they're in court, she just starts listing people she has still has, like, grudges against. And it's scary. Because this is a woman that should be behind. Like, she's very she's, ill. She's not well. Yeah. <sighs> oh, my God. They're like, well, what do you say to how she she has? Look at these pictures. Look at her eye. Look at her throat. And she's like, I don't know how that happened. But it's like, I think we're going to trust Alexa on this one. Wow. They do get awarded almost what they ask for, $575,000 in damages. But as Alexa points out, she'll be getting out of jail. So it's not like it's over. She's going to be out in the world. I don't know if it's over or not. Poor thing. I know. And that is the story of the Rangerettes. Well, I wouldn't say this is a Ranger Rats. It's more of a crazy woman. The Ranger Rats. Who was a mother no, of a high Nancy stepper. Modes. It's Nancy it, Modes. It was a mother of a high stepper. <laughs> a high stepper versus the Ranger Rats. And the Ranger Rats won. I, but like one of the things a lot of the articles point to is they're like, poor Kylie, poor like Kyle and Kylie, the, the family of Nancy. Like basically yeah. normal upstanding citizens that – have like a crazy are associated with this horrible crime and they didn't do anything they didn't do anything and they don't seem like the kind of people that would have ever condoned or been a part of doing anything and it takes the embarrassment of like let's press charges or like let me do these things to help you with your boyfriends and takes it to this other level where i just feel like her daughter is also a victim you know yeah for sure oh that's really sad yeah wow Go Ranger Rats. Note, go to dance class. Please. Go to dance class. We just class. ask that you all try at least. Just once. A step ball change this week if you haven't already. Not a step. I'm going to do a kickball change. Oh my God. Stop. It's now a you're pressuring them. It's too step much. Step feels confused. A step ball change is a bit confusing, but a kickball change, keep it okay. on the one leg. All right. All right. Keep it on the one leg. Okay. Use your use your non-dominant leg to kick. You heard it here first. Your use your dominant leg to kick. You'll be fine. We miss you. We miss you. We love you. We love you. Stay blessed. Hashtag stay blessed. Stay blessed. Hashtag go Ranger I'm a high stepper girl. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.